0: we come to you in the name of Jesus and we're not praying just out of liturgy just out of something to say hoping that maybe something maybe you'll move but Heavenly Father we come to you in the name of Jesus Father you said that Jesus said that in that day you'll ask me nothing but whatever you ask the father in my name he will give it to you because the father himself loves you because you believed that I came forth from God and so this evening father God we come to you in the name of Jesus and I ask you to surround these five church members with faith and love I ask you Heavenly Father to touch everybody every fiber of their being Heavenly Father to bring about a, a, a healing and a cure in their Body and I speak to you, Satan, to get off them in Jesus' name. I take authority over all sickness, all disease, lamb, and all the of work testimony. of the enemy. I thank you sickness for the you blood of Jesus. Them. I apply the blood of to Jesus Susie to every one of them in, the name in Jesus' name of Jesus. that we are we redeemed right now by Brian the blood of the, him the Lamb. We thank whatever's you, Father to harm him in the name name of of Jesus. Jesus. Now, heavenly father, I ask that you, that every one of those would be filled tonight with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. They would have a walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, and that they would bear fruit. Heavenly father, they would bear fruit. And we thank you, and we get an agreement that it's done. Now, I just commission the ministering spirits and the angels now to go forth and and bring about and bring and influence men and women for their good in the name of Jesus. All the help, bring all the help that they need right now in the name of Jesus.
1: Amen. 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 Well, get your Bibles out and go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to talk about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom tonight. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But before I get started, I've got a couple of questions to ask you. Um, in Acts 1.8 um, Jesus said this before he left You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Did Jesus. Need the gifts of the Holy Ghost in order to get his job done. Yes, Yes, he did, didn't he? I want you to think about what I just said. God in the flesh did not rely on the fact that he was God in the flesh, could not have finished what he did on this earth or even begun it without the gifts of the Spirit. What What a powerful statement. Now, now, for whatever reason, we have religiously been brainwashed to believe that Jesus did what he did because he was God in the flesh. He did not. There is no record of Jesus Christ doing anything until he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Though he was God, he didn't do anything as God. Now, that's that statement to get me kicked out of churches. Jesus Christ didn't do anything on this earth as God. Did it as a man, and he had to do it as a man. But he had to do it as a man filled with the Holy Ghost, and he was totally dependent on the Holy Ghost. I'm going to am going to ask you a question. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be divisive, I'm trying to get you to understand something about the church. How did we ever come to the place where we thought we could? We could we could have a church without the gifts of spirit. You can't. No. I'm going to say that to you again. Don't you think, real deep? You can't. You cannot. You cannot do the work of God without the Holy Spirit's gifts. You can't. You can't. Then what what is a church without the gifts of the Spirit? It's a social club. It it is it is nothing but people talking the philosophy of faith. That's all it is. And it's it's silly. I want you to think about this. I'm going to say a, it's a really silly thing. I'm going to say I want you to think about this. Let's say that all of us pack up and go out to Orlando Country Airport, and they have a school out there for pilots. Let's just pretend like there's a school out there. And we go in there, and there's a classroom. There's you know 300 people in this class. At the end of two, three, four, five, six, seven years of kid, people sitting in school for being a pilot, 10% of them have flown an airplane. How stupid, it's stupid. That's stupid. It's stupid. 10% have done touch and goes, and 80% never even been in a plane. How dumb can you get and still suck air? That's crazy. You, 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 it's, it's a school for pilots, and they go, well, I'm a pilot. We been all I mean we know all about flying we know all about VORs we know all about meteorology well to do your flight well no we don't we don't we don't do that I mean we could crash and burn and, I mean you you would we would not talk, we wouldn't I mean that's just almost beyond your imagination but you walk into the average church 80 out of 300 people 80% of the people never even let anybody to the lord no, no no not even not no, I mean, don't even get the kids saved No more Christian, and I'm an astronaut. I'm talking spirit-filled churches now. What about all the rest of them? There's nothing, nothing happening. It's dead as a rock. Jesus didn't ask us what we thought. He said, "You will be in due with power," which means you will need it. Amen. If you're going to do anything for God, you're going to need some power. Right. Now, now you understand that the church is supernatural. Now I wore my little Mr. Incredible T-shirt, but. But you think about the power that we have to set the captives free. You're not getting people free from drugs, or free from sickness and disease, or free from bondage without the power of God. You're not going to do it. All you're going to do is look at them and say, you need to go. That's all you can do. And you're going to sit there and say, I'm going to pray for you, and your prayers aren't doing us. Aren't doing anything. They're not doing anything. So, then we all head to the doctrine and want to know why everything is working, and then we come to church and cry and want to know what's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's church. That's Christianity. And it's hard to get the church to understand this is not, this never was optional. Right. Jesus didn't say, now we're going to make a big divide. We're going to talk about the people who want the Holy Ghost, those who will be Pentecostals, those who don't want the Holy Ghost, those who will be denominational, and people who like smoke and lights will be Catholics." worship my mother. He never, he he never, Jesus never said any of that stuff. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're full of power of God. That's a commandment. He didn't, it's not a suggestion. Boy. So, this is where we are as a church in America today. And we've, we've, we've created this big option. Okay, Acts 6, 1, I want you to turn over a couple pages. I want to show you something. In those days, there was a number of disciples were multiplied. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. The Twelve summed the multitude of disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, now they're talking about deacons here. We're talking about just people who serve in the church. This is the criteria to even be an usher. Now think about that for a minute. We're not talking about pastors here. We're talking about there is a criteria to even work in a church. He's fixing to show it to you. We're talking about people who work as parking lot attendants. People who work as in the front. People who work in children's church. Look at what he says. He says, brethren, choose men of good reputation full of the Holy Ghost. You're not even really allowed, we're not even supposed to put you in position of leadership if you're not full of the Spirit. And I'm not talking about you spoke in tongues last year. I'm talking about full of the Holy Ghost now. Full and staying full of the Holy Ghost. It's the job Of being a Christian is a supernatural job. You can't do it in the natural. We're gonna—that's what we're gonna get into. We're gonna talk about the gifts of the Spirit tonight. But I'm gonna show you that without the gifts of the Spirit, you're really not gonna do anything. So here's the issue: is that maybe the reason why we don't need the gifts because we weren't planning on doing anything anyway? I mean, so and so sick. Tell them to call the doctor. Don't look at me. I don't know. Okay, so. So, we're at a point now where, where the Christians must begin to rise up and, and you're, you're never going to do anything. The, the being filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues is the door. You don't pray in tongues, you, don't, you never enter the door. So, therefore, you're just walking around with no power and you're going, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Okay. All right. It says, "...and whom we may appoint over this business." That didn't mean that they're supposed to be in the business running the church, and that's where deacons got the idea they're supposed to run the church. Well, that, in my opinion, you cannot turn the asylum over to the inmates. That's right. <laughs> most of the time, businessmen in the church are, are not the most spiritual people. That's true. They're, they're just not. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad people. They're usually very business-minded, very money-minded, and they're usually the most carnal people in church. And I'm going to turn the church over to them when I'm running. Ah. Maybe I shouldn't say this when I'm going to. We have large churches in America that were started by businessmen who got together and said, listen, we got a plan for growing church. And they tell the pastor what he can and cannot do. And and, and people go, oh, there's a wonderful church in town. It's not. God don't have anything to do with it. I'm going to show you that in the Bible in a minute. Is that all right? Yeah, all right. And we'll give ourselves, continue to prayer in the ministry of the word. That's the job of the pastor, contrary to whatever you may think. Pray, get in the word. You don't have to do hospital visits if you don't want to. And the saying, please the whole multitude. That has to be God, you please everybody. That's, that's, a, that's a miracle. And they chose Stephen, a man what? Full of faith, Full of faith and what? The Holy, the Holy, Holy Ghost. Spirit. So. Even the deacons needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a prerequisite just to be a deacon serving tables in church. All right, let's move on. Go to First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. Are y'all okay? Come on, I want y'all to breathe. All right. First Corinthians 2. Now it sounds to me. And, and, I, and I know this sounds like this to you, that I'm creating that we, have a, we are elitist. We're not. I, I'm, I'm not an elitist. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not necessarily smarter than anyone else. But there are rules. Yes. Do you all understand? And that's what I'm trying to bring to the forefront. This is not a book I wrote. I'm going write this book. I'm to tell you what I think about this. not what I think. Reading to you from the Word of God what He said we're supposed to be done. That's His, it's His church. No businessman died for anybody. He doesn't have the right to run a church. It's not His church. It's a spiritual organization. And God places men in to run it. And you better, if if you have a church you don't have, you better pray that God will send you somebody. And you better ask Him to send you somebody. Don't you go looking. Very, very, very important. I, I wish I had time to get on that in vain, but, but I'm not going to, because that's not the right thing to do tonight. First Corinthians chapter two verse one. "I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or wisdom and declare to you the testimony of God. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in, f- in weakness, that means in the flesh, in fear and trembling. My speech, my preaching was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and power, so your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. It is illegal to preach the gospel without signs and wonders. He just said so. Paul said, now here's what happens, and this is why we're going to get into the gifts of the Spirit tonight. If Catherine comes to me for counseling and she says, I, I need some help Pastor, it might take me six to eight months, hour a day going over the Word. You can't do that. There's a big Bible out there with a lot of stuff. And first of all, most people don't really tell you what's going on. But what if God told me what to say? In three minutes we'd have this thing fixed. Even though we have a Bible, and even though we have truth, I got one lady in front of me. I'm trying to help her. If I don't have God, the Holy Ghost helping me, I cannot help her. I can give her suggestions. I can beat around the bush. We can we can throw or try one of these 25 things and see if it works. But what if God were to say, "I have something," won't you say? And I and and then she goes, "Ooh." Okay. That's where we're going tonight. That's, that's where the gifts of the Spirit should be prevalent in the church. All right. Are you all ready? I'm going to move on. We're going to read on. However, verse 6, we speak a wisdom among those that are mature. Now, you need to remember that. Yet not the wisdom of this age, the people of the world, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. It says in the Greek being dethroned. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery the hidden wisdom of God which was ordained before our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew it, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard he enter the heart of man things that God has prepared for those that love him. But God revealed them to us through his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. Now, I want you to stop for a minute, because here's an issue. We're gonna have people walk in this church. And they're going to think we're crazy. Because Christianity, okay, the church is not a house for sinners. Sinners come and get saved. It's primarily a house for believers. So we can train you. So when you bring your unsaved friends, they run out the door and go, Whoa, they're crazy. Because you cannot understand spiritual things until you're born again, and you can't understand the Holy Ghost until you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You, You cannot comprehend it. It makes no logical sense. Not supposed to. How many times did Jesus look at His disciples trying to tell them who He is, and they didn't get it? Finally, Jesus said something. Peter said, you're the son of God. And he said, oh, God, my father's talking to one of y'all now. And he told them about him dying. They didn't get it. And rose from the dead. They didn't get it. Finally, he met them on the road to Emmaus and said, where are y'all going? Get back in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Come on. Finally, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they went, oh, uh, I think we get this. Yeah. Because until you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the things of the Spirit make no sense to you. The world has the mind of Lucifer, and he don't know what's going on. I had a girl the other day spoke to me. and She says, "Pastor, I hate to disagree with you, but I think homosexuality is a chemical imbalance." I said, "Well, if it is, God's going to send you to hell for your chemicals." <laughs> but you understand, we're talking about a baby Christian here. We're talking about it. it this is not about what's logical. This is about what he said. What did he say about this? So, the more you fill with the Holy Ghost, the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more you walk with God, the more insight you have into the things of God. And the more normal that seems. All right, let's read the rest of this and I'll show it to you. Verse 10, God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man except the Spirit that's in him? And no one knows things of God except the Spirit of God. You can't know God without the Holy Ghost. You cannot know God if the Holy Ghost don't show anything to you. You will never know anything about it. For we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. So, you have run into this already. All of y'all have. You went back out of this church, you went home, and you went, hey, we found a great church. And you start talking, and they went, you're crazy. You've lost your mind. Why are you going down there? They're crazy. And, and they can't understand why you come. They can't understand why you believe the way you do. It, it, they, they're just looking at you like, I'm a Christian. When's the last time you went to church? Easter. Easter. Like, y'all are crazy. And, it, and to them, that's normal. Are y'all looking, y'all looking at me like a dog in a new bowl? Okay. Now, look, I want to show you the rest of this. Ha, ha, ha. But he who's spiritual, say me, judges all things. He himself is rightly judged by no one. You, you, when, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you have stepped into insight that, ev- that a lot of people around you don't have any insight into it at all. You're starting to walk in stuff that you're going, oh, that's just normal for me. All right, let's, let me read the rest. For who has known the mind of the Lord, but he man struck him? Well, who in the world would have the mind of God? I mean, my God, God is God, and we're not God. I mean, who are you to tell? It says, but you have what? You have the mind of Christ. You know exactly what He's thinking. And you know the Word. It's, it's, it becomes easy. Yes. All right. Now, anyway, let me, let me, I'm, I'm trying to get to somewhere. So, if you say, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, you ever heard the old saying, "The proof of the pudding's in the eating"? <laughs> now, what that means is this: If Laverne says, "I make the best cupcake in the world," my answer is, "Give me one and let me determine that." Yes, the, I, I want to taste yours yes. and see if that's true. Yes. All right, shouldn't the world look at us and say, "Where's the salvations? Yes. Where are the new birth? Where's the..." Where's the fruit of what you believe? Now, let's go back to average church in America. Where, where are the healings? There aren't any. Where are the people getting set free? Where are the, the demons cast out? There aren't any. So, wouldn't that, go, go to Psalm 128, 127. I want to show you something. Again, again, I'm not trying to sound like us versus I'm just telling you that we're normal is all, we're just, we're not, we're not super beyond everybody. We're just, we're just normal. Okay. Unless the Lord builds the house. so Now, listen to me, you can build a church. Did you know that? You can build a church. You can, can with your brain, build a church. Grow it. Use all kinds of Starbucks stuff and all kinds of all kinds of ideas on on how to get people to come and everything else. You can build a church, but it says unless the Lord builds it, you're, you're really just laboring in vain. You're going to die, and God's going to go, "Well, I see you did nothing." Oh, are you serious? I pastored a church for twenty five years. He go, well, "I didn't have anything to do with that." Now, I don't I don't know whether people understand this or not. That's going to happen. I mean, there's going to be people standing before God, and they're going to go. He says, well, I see you got saved, but that's it. Uh, no, sir. No, sir. I went to church, and I worked in the nursery and the children's church, and, and I worked hard, and, and and I mean, I did great worship. He says, well, I have no record here. You ever do anything? Because wow. it was you, just you, just you. I mean, how many people you got saved? Well, I never laid anybody the Lord, but, well, okay, well, how many did you get filled with the Holy Ghost? Well, I never, I never did that, but, uh, well, how many people did you get? I mean, how many, how many times did you go to the prayer meeting? Oh, we didn't have any of those. We didn't have any of those. Either. Well, in other words, you didn't do anything. Well, yeah, I did. So. No, you didn't. I don't, think the, I don't think Americans have realized this. You take your Christianity to Russia, and you stand up and preach it. They'll run you out of the building. Because if you can't get them free, they don't want to hear it. If, if you can't produce, I don't want to talk to you. Are y'all seeing this? And, and most Christians have no evidence they're saved. <laughs> That's an amazing thing, isn't it? All right. How much you know don't amount to a hill of beans? Okay. So let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit. So go to 1 Corinthians 12 do you need the gifts? Yes, yes, absolutely you need the gifts. Because you can't do the work of God without them. And I got some stuff written here. Um, Go to 1 Kings chapter 17. Now hold your place there and go to 1 Kings chapter 17. We've read that before so let's just jump on over to 1 Kings. Elijah the Tishbite, verse 1, of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there's not going to be dew or rain except at my word. Now, that's a powerful thing to say to somebody. I prayed and it ain't going to rain. Okay, y'all are exciting to preach to. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward to hide by the brook Cherith, which flows in the Jordan. It'll be that you shall drink from the brook. I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. This is a word of knowledge for Elijah. Now think about this for a minute. God said, Elijah, I'm going to take care of you. Okay. In other words, I meet all of your needs, don't I? Yes, sir. But I need you to go to the brook Cherith. Which brook? All right, though the Bible says he will meet all of your needs, that's a great scripture. But where are you supposed to be working? Where are you supposed to be going to church? And what are you supposed to be doing? Are y'all getting this? This is not a minor thing. It's very important for you to have a word from the Lord on where you are supposed to be. It's, it's not, you know, there's an old adage and it came on television, go to the church of your choice. Don't you dare. You better ask God where you're supposed to be. Now I'm going to tell you a story. How many of y'all know who Jill Yansginski is? Okay, how many of y'all never heard of her, don't have any idea who she is? Okay, she was my youth pastor for a while. When the first day she came to Word of Life, the Lord told her, I want you to go to Word of Life, and I want you to, that's your church. So she came in, sat on the back row, and determined at the end of one service, I don't like him. I think he's too strong. I think he's too rough, and I don't like him. I'm going to say something to you real kindly. When you meet Jesus, it's going to blow your mind at how much like Trump he is. I'm, I'm amazed at how much people don't read what he did in the temple, how he talked to the Pharisees. He was one Tough yes. man. Now, I didn't say he wasn't kind. Very kind at times, but, he, but, but they said, well, we know you're of God because you don't care what anybody thinks. He didn't, he didn't manby-pamby around with people. And, and that's what we call preachers. The, you know, Casper the friendly ghost, uh, 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 tiny Tim tiptoe through the tulips. So that when people meet a preacher, they don't, they, they go, I, 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 no, I, I can't handle that. We're dealing with a spirit realm. If you deal with the devil and you, and if you're going to walk with God, you're going to deal with the devil. It's going to temper your personality. Nobody ever made it in the army Asking people what they thought. (laughs) What do you boys want to do today? I mean, I'm serious. Let's let's just imagine for a minute. Hey, boys, what do y'all want to do today? Want to go marching? You don't? Okay, what do y'all want to do? Look, folks, listen. I'm sorry. That's not happening. The guy walks in there and says, 5.30 in the morning. You got 30 minutes. Be out front or clean toilets. Get out of the bed. Let's go. All right. So you understand that's the way the army's run. It's the way governments run. It's the way your business run, run, everything run. But the church is, ah, sweet. I love you, Jesus. So anyway, Jill Yansgansi comes in, was lost her pay all the time. She goes, I don't like him. She went home. The Lord said, go back. She goes, no. She says, I don't like him. He says, go Back to that church. That's your church. She says, "I came back Sunday night. I liked you better." But she was in the church where God was going to grow her. Do you understand that? I could I could be labor dad, but I know that I know some of y'all understand that. The rest of y'all going. I would have left with Jill. All right. She saw the gifts, she saw the moving of the Spirit of God. Yeah, let me, if, you, if we start compromising so that I'm doing what you want, the Holy Ghost is leaving. And then we'll just have another dead church. If that's what you want, then down, down the road you can go. So she saw the movement of God. She saw the gifts of spirit. She says, well, definitely. It's amazing. God didn't mind it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost comes on you. There are times you're going. The righteous are what? Bold as a lion. Boldness is not arrogance. But when you're dealing with spirits, demons, it'll temper your personality because, you're, because you seem to, Mary Fran made a statement, she says, it seems like I'm always in a fight with them. I'm always praying, and I'm always dealing with spirits of apathy, and spirits of suicide, and spirits of adultery, and spirit. You walk in a room, you're dealing with spirits. And sometimes when you're preaching, then that's coming out. You're dealing with unbelief. You're dealing with these things. And so that's why it doesn't work to get up and go, open your Bible to John 3, 16. God so lovely. He just loves you. He just loves you. He just loves us. He just loves us. (laughs) So anyway, Jill came back, and she came back to me later, and she said, you have no idea how much I learned and how God used you to prepare me for the work. Johnny Hammond made a statement to me. He went to the Marines. He said, "I hated boot camp. I hated, I hated my gunny saw. I hated the sergeant. I hated his guts. But when I was in Nam, I came home because of him. He got me ready. And if I hadn't had him, I'd have died in Nam. So, in other words, you understand that. So you need to be where God told you to be, and you're not going to find it." unless you the, this is where the gifts of the spirit Elijah knew where to go because of the holy ghost said this that's called a word of knowledge he knew where to be and when to be where he was this is this is not just a gift operating sometimes this is the way we're supposed to be living like this Amen. This is not a, every once in a while that we have a word for someone in the church, the Lord has a word for you. That's not the primary reason for the word of knowledge. The primary reason is for you. Keep you straight. Where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. So he tells Elijah, I want you to go to the brook Cherith. And then later the brook dried up. He didn't pray all week and stand on the word of God and have everybody pray that it would start raining. The Holy Ghost said, go to Zarephath. So, where should he have gone? Zarephath. What if he had never heard go to Zarephath? He'd still be down the brook dying of starvation. Yeah. And so, what happens is we got Christians, you know, we, and especially young people. Don't get mad at me. Y'all just don't throw anything at me. Well, when I get older, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to be up. Well, you better pray about it. Is that what the Lord told you to do? Well, you know, my mother was, I don't care what your mother was. Well, you know, my uncle, I don't care what your uncle was. What are you supposed to be doing? Ain't nobody in my family a preacher. I'm the only one. I'm the first. I heard from God. And, of course, when I got born again, I told them I was going to Tulsa. And everybody looked at me and said, well, you're going to starve to death. I said, I was starving to death here, and you didn't care. <laughs> so, don't start acting like you care now. So, I went out to Tulsa. When I got to Tulsa, I didn't leave Tulsa until I knew from God where to move. And when he showed me Orlando, I came to Orlando. And I stayed here in Orlando, and I met my lovely wife, and I was so glad that I did. And hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank Jesus. And Lisa will tell you that I would come home from work and go into Josh's bedroom and sit down on the floor and pray in the Holy Ghost every night for months. What do you want me to do? And it was during that time that Air Mobile Ministries opened up and God said, I want you to start flying airplane, blah, blah, blah. I said, yay, God, shooting lobsters and swimming in the ocean and eating grouper and loving Jesus and preaching the gospel. And Melanie Hayward was down in Laganov in Haiti when the Lord said, when you get home, you're the next pastor. Now, do y'all think that's important for me to hear that? Yes. Yes. Why is that? Why is that? Because the devil did everything to stop it. And you better hear from God because I, I quit. Every Sunday night, I quit. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really have the character at that time. And I didn't know I didn't have the character. If you'd have told me, you'd have made me mad. Now, <laughs> but Lisa will tell you, I quit. I quit every, mo- every Sunday, I quit. I ain't never going back. I ain't never, I'm not going back down there. But that word kept me. And I said, what, what else do you want me to do? He would not talk to me. That was the last thing he said. And then, and, and I've been asking him about it lately, and he, and he hasn't talked to me about it. So I'm assuming I'm still supposed to be here. Other than the fact that when Lisa and I went to Alaska, I did begin to pray about that. And he told me to shut up. He did. He told me, shut up. He said, I don't want to hear that out of your mouth anymore. And I'm telling you, I saw Alaska needed, you know, Alaska needs churches. Alaska needs the gospel. I could get an airplane and fly, get a boat and we could live up there and shoot moose. And I had this, I had a whole plan when I came back from vacation about moving to Alaska. And then one morning I got up and I was eating breakfast and I was real quiet. And Lisa goes, what did he say? I said, "What well, makes you think he said something. He said, well, you're awfully quiet. He said something to you. And I said, he told me to shut up. And she said, he told me to shut up too. So we never brought up Alaska again. No more trips. No more trips. <laughs> Are y'all understanding where I'm going with this? It, it's not just, a, this is important that we have word of knowledge, word of wisdom. This is not a side issue if you're going to live for God. Okay, let's move on. Um. Uh, 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 first Acts 16, go to Acts 16, please. I'm going to try to go through some of these and show you, uh, and I never did read first Corinthians, but he, but he talks about the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and, and uh, the gifts of the spirit. So that's where we're going. Cause I want to show you the benefit of those two things in your life. Um, sixteen six. Now, now look at this one. When they had gone through Phygia, the region of Galatia, they were what? Read it, read it out loud to me. Now, hold on a minute. Didn't, the Holy, didn't Jesus say go in all the world? Yes. Now, hold on a minute. We have a, we have a conflict between Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Right? No, we don't. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is going to give you a broad spectrum of things to do. You're going to go talking to the church into all the world. But I'm sending the Holy Ghost. And he's going to say, Rosa Honduras. He's, he's not expecting Rosa to go everywhere, but he is. But he has pinpointed her for Honduras. Now, I'm going to tell a story on myself, and I'm sorry to tell you that I have, uh, I've, sometimes I've been stupid. But, but Betty May remembers um, Vicki Fowler, Charles and Vicky, And Vicki came to me one day, and she said, you want to go to Cuba? And I'm like, oh, yes. You notice I prayed. Now, here's the scripture I went on, going to all the world. And a door just opened, right? So I'm, I left, and I went to Quezalte Ningo, Guatemala, got on C90, flew into Cuba, preached the gospel. People got saved. God washed through his word. Got back to k Salton and walking around, praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Lord said, what are you doing here? And you know, I had one of those. That's a dumb question. I really did. I really did. I said, that's, that's kind of a stupid question. I mean, you're the one that said go into all the world. And so I was kindly, I, I, I didn't say anything. I didn't say a dumb question. But even though he knows you're, you're thinking, I said, uh, you said go all the world. He said, I didn't tell you to come here. I mean, real strong, he said, go home where I sent you. You know, it's not fun to get chewed out by God. I, I mean, it's just no, that's, a, that's not a word I wanted. And I, I came home with my tail between my legs knowing that I had just really disobeyed God, but I was out preaching. And I, and I think this is the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to get you to see something. This, it's not enough for you to go to church and have just a Bible in your lap. Not, I'm not against the Word. This Word's true. There's nothing in here that says go to uh, go to Cuba or don't. Nothing in there. But if you read, He said, the Holy Spirit forbade them to go to Asia. No, you're not going to Alaska. No, you're not. You're going to sit right here and you're going to do what I told you to do. Now, I'm going to tell you something about God. God will never tell you more than one step at a time. Now, I know that some of y'all, well, when I grow up, I'm going to be uh, this and then I'm going to be that and then I'm going to do this. Well, there's nothing wrong with you making some plans, but let me just help you with something. You probably won't because you don't have enough information in your head to do all that. And if you get your way, you'll probably live and die and never be in the will of God. Very important for you to spend time praying, Lord, what do you want me to do? And let the Lord show you. And if, and if he doesn't show you, then do whatever your hand finds to do and be faithful there. Until he does show you. When I was in Tulsa, I did, what I, was, I did what I needed to do. I got a job. I went to work. I went to church. I went to jails and preached. But, but, and I did what I could find my hand to do. I didn't sit around and did nothing. But then one day the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm sending you to Orlando. And, uh, he, and he came in the apartment where I was painting. And he said, I'm sending you to Orlando. I'm sending you there to wash feet. And if you ever get too big to wash feet, I'll pull you out of the ministry. And he said, now, you know, he gave me my marching orders. And so I knew right then it was time for me to leave. And, and, and I started packing up and getting everything ready and moved and started working with Tom. But, but you all understand that. I, I knew where to go and what to do. I didn't have to worry about money. I didn't have to worry about a job. I worry, because I, God told me what to do. Once you know what to do, you just go do what he told you to do. Does that make sense? All right. I don't know why I'm feeling like I'm laboring with you guys tonight. You're looking at me like, I don't know. Now, I'm going to tell you some stories um, because, I, because we're, I, I want to talk to you about this thing called the word of knowledge and, and, and why we must have it. Why, why would a preacher need it? Why would a Christian need it anyway? I mean, what, I mean, it's not knowledge, but it's a word of knowledge. So, because if you're going to help people, you, you can't really help people without God, the Holy Ghost, helping you help people. So, I'm, going to t- I'm just going to tell you a bunch of stories right now. One night we had a Wednesday night meeting, and a man met me right back there by that blue chair, and and, and um, he was, um, um, he had heard about our church through Andrew Womack Ministries, and he came here to church, and at the end of the service, he looked at me and he was pretty upset at the Lord, and he said... Why hadn't God filled me with the Holy Ghost? Well, I looked at him and said, I don't know, go ask him. You know, I'm thinking to myself, I don't know. So, when I, when I walked away from him, I turned around to walk back up the front and I said, Lord, why hadn't you filled him with the Holy Ghost? And the Lord told me. I had a word for him. In other words, it's not, uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying. God wanted me to help him. I I could think of, well, let's go down a list. There might be 29, 30, 40 different things. And he he could eat up my time for a month. But wouldn't it be nice if God just told me what was wrong with him? So he did. He told me exactly. So I had a word of knowledge for that one man. And so I turned to him and I said, did you ever ask God to fill you with the Spirit? He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. I said, so he lied. He said, I didn't say he said lied. I said, yes, you did. I said, did you ever ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. I said, so God lied. He said, I didn't say God lied. I said, yes, you did. I said, did you ever ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, did he? He said, no. We, we did that 10 times. Because I'm, I'm not, now I have, I'm operating now on a gift from God to help him. And, and finally he got, he got, he got to where he realized, I'm not going to play the game. I'll stay here all night on this one subject with you. And I said, did you, according to Luke 11, God said that if you ask me to fill you with the Holy Ghost, I will give you the Holy Ghost. Did you ask? Yes. Did he fill you? And he, sh- and he shut up. Yeah. He finally got enough sense to go, I'm not going to win this argument with you. I don't know where you're going, but you're crazy hot. And I said, Did God lie? He says, no. I said, no, he didn't. I said, he did fill you. I said, can you speak in tongues? He said, no. He said, I can't. I said, you won't. He said, I can't. I said, you won't. I said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, no. I said, you ask him. Yes, you are. I said, listen to me. If you ask him, and he said he'd fill you, you're filled. Do you understand me? He said, yes. I said, can you speak? I said, start speaking in tongues. He said, I can't. I said, won't. He said, I can't, I said, won't. He said, I can't. I said, won't. And he finally stopped and just looked at me and I said, hush and start talking in tongues in Jesus' name. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. You start talking. So he got real religious, lifted his hands, closed his eyes, and went, I said, okay. I mean, God gave you a bicycle, but you got to push off and ride it. you got to ride. Mama, you asked Mama for a bicycle, she gave you a bicycle. Don't say she didn't give you a bicycle, it's sitting there under the Christmas tree. Take it outside and ride it. Amen. If he gave you the Holy Ghost, start talking in tongues. But, but I, had, I helped him because the Holy Ghost showed me in a word of knowledge how to, what to say to him. Do you all understand that? So I'm trying to show you that it's impossible to be a Christian or to even be a minister if you don't have the Holy Ghost giving you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Amen. You you you're just you're just you're guessing. You're 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 just kind of pulling out a shotgun and blasting in the air and hoping to kill a duck. And nobody's flying by. You're just not. You're not doing anybody any good. So preachers get up every Sunday and they preach something out of the Bible, and it's just worthless and helping anybody. But I'll get in my room, pray in the Holy Ghost, and I'll say, "What do you want me to do this coming Sunday? I'm starting a series on who is going to heaven, and, and, and we're, I'm going to preach outside this church. I'm going to because there's people think they're going to heaven, they're, they're not. They're not Christians." So we're gonna talk about the blood of Jesus. We're gonna talk about the blood covenant. We're gonna we're going to, we're gonna get in to Jesus is the reason you're going. So 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 anyway, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Amen. And I can't I can't tell you everything I'm gonna do, but I'm excited because on the inside of me, I have a I have a Rhema from God in me to get it done. Amen. Now that's that's the difference in me going, well, what would y'all like to learn today? Let me see. We'll preach on that. that. That's a whole lot different. All right, are y'all okay? All right, now is is the is word of knowledge just for church? And no, 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 it's for you. So I'm gonna tell you a couple of silly stories. When when I was working in Tulsa and going to Rayma, I was the head maintenance man. So I get a phone call in the middle of the night. Does do y'all understand that? it's nice to sleep at night. Y'all know you're not sleeping at night. Because I got to wake up next morning and go to Bible school. Now, I could stay up all night and work on a toilet or I could get God to help me with the toilet. There's these stupid urinals in the men's bathrooms, and I hate the things, but they have, they're have just big urinal, and you just kind of pee in it, and I don't mean to be vulgar, but then it has a big handle on it, and you kind of flush it, and it kind of washes everything out, and you get them leave. Well, there's this the office building had one of these urinals, and so the security guard called a Hardesty Company and says, the urinal's running and running and running and running and flooding. Well, I'm, I'm, they call me at midnight. Now, I do not want to work on a toilet at midnight. You understand? And then I go down there. There's no cutoff valve. I, don't, I, I said, God, where's the cutoff valve? Heavenly Father, what do I do about this? I don't want to be. i got to get up and go to school in the morning. In the name of Jesus, I need some help. And the Holy Ghost said, hit it with a wrench. <laughs> and I said, Holy Ghost, where's the cutoff valve? And I'm thinking to myself, now that is not very smart. I mean, I know that you don't hit toilets with wrenches. So, let's, let's go to game plan two. Where's the cutoff valve? And so, I asked him one more time. I said, where's the cutoff valve? He said, hit it with a wrench. I said, no, sir, I don't feel like hitting it with a wrench. And he kind of let me know real kindly, well, you can be here all night. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I was on my phone. We had pagers back then. You had pagers, and we didn't have phones like y'all, but I go in the office and try to call somebody to tell me where the cutoff valve is by the street. That's a, that's a nightmare. So I went back in there, and I'm looking at the toilet, and I'm leaning over, and I'm going, oh, Heavenly Father, what do I do? About it. He said, hit it with a wrench. And I thought, well, okay. I had a pipe wrench in my bag, and I just reached up there and popped mud out of it. And it shut off. And I'm looking at that going, there's a God. And so I got my, I I locked the door and went back home, went to bed. Next morning, I went off to Raymond. I get out of school at one o'clock in the afternoon, come to work. And I called the plumber and I said, We have a urinal down here running. He said, Well, if it ever happens again, just pop it with a wrench. I said, Yeah, I've heard that before. I said, Why is that? He said, It's a flutter valve in there and it's stuck. He said, The way I fix it is to pop it with a wrench. Now, do y'all understand what I'm telling you? I'm trying to help you. There, you have God in you. you. You don't need to go through all the stress in life. If God shows you to do something, just do what he told you to do. I mean, if it sounds stupid, do it anyway. I mean, who's there to watch? Pop it with a wrench, you know? And so I did, and it fixed it, and I went to, I went to bed. Now, Satan's trying to mess my whole day up to going to school with a urinal, and the Holy Ghost helped me get back into bed. Do y'all see that? Okay, I got another story to tell you. I'm telling you, these are crazy stories, but this is how I learned to hear God. So, I'm working one day, and, um, and, I, and I went to a girl's apartment, and she has a leaky faucet. And this was back when we had washers. Now, they have washerless, but if you all don't understand, there's a stem in a corkscrew, and it has a rubber washer. And some of you all old enough to remember that you take them out, and they run that washer down on top of a seat in, in, in the sink, and it cuts water off. And so you change the washer, and if the seats started to corrode, which eats the washer, then you take a wrench and pop it out and put no seat in. I know that makes sense to anybody except me, Mike, and, and Isaiah here. So, but, I, but I, I went in and I worked on this girl's apartment, and when I got finished, I couldn't turn the water on. And I'm thinking, what, 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 da? but the girl went to work at midnight. And I thought, well, that's good because she's not home anyway. So I just I want to go home so bad it's time to go home. And I wrote her a note. I said, I'll be back in the morning. Well, that night when I went to bed, I said, God, what, 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 what's wrong with her sink? When I woke up in the morning, the Holy Ghost said, you put the wrong seat in it and it's too high and it's meeting the bottom of the washer too early. To Working, change the seat you have the wrong seat in. Wow. Now, I know that ain't not make any sense to y'all. Okay. But, the, but a word of knowledge told me how to fix sink. I would have never known that. I would have not known what I did wrong because I didn't know I had different seats in my, you know, I had a mixed up crazy threaded seat in there and I didn't know that I had a wrong threaded seat in my bag because the, apparently the plumbers put a, a wrong one in my bag of all the stuff, and it just didn't work, and I'm making assumptions, but the, but the Holy Ghost showed me, so I, I walked into work, and I said, oh, thank you, Jesus, and I said, and the, you know, the resident manager's there, and I said, the Holy Ghost told me how to fix the sink, and I ran up there and popped the old seat out and put the new seat in, and I got back down there, the resident manager looked at me, and she said, talk to me about God talking to you. I don't understand that. Please, please tell me how He talks to you. And God opened up a door through a word of knowledge over a sink to talk to someone about the Lord. You understand this? That, that's n- nobody got saved. But yet, but yet, God wants to help you with your life. All right, let me ask you all a question. How many of you all have ever lost your car keys? And you're walking around the house frustrated. And you finally said, Lord, where are they? And boom, you went, I know exactly where they are. they I don't know how many times I have done that, and, and I'm still amazed when it happens. Yes. Now, I've got to tell on Lisa. Lisa is my squirrel. She's a squirrel. She's really, a, I didn't say she's squirrely. She hides things. She goes and buys chocolate, and she don't want me to find it. So she hides it. And then she forgets where she put it. <laughs> it's funny. It's the funniest thing. I just love her to pieces. She's just, and I, she says, "I bought some dark chocolate." I said, "Where?" Is she? she goes, "I don't remember." <laughs> and so we all, we both have to get in agreement and pray that God is show sure her where she hid that dark chocolate. But she's terrible about stuffing stuff in corners everywhere, just like a, this little corner and that little corner. And then when I pray and I find it, Lord, show me where at least this chocolate is. And when he does it, she goes, Honey, have you been in the chocolate that I hid? I said, Yes. Well, why did you eat it all? I said, Well, the Lord told me to. Well, don't you know why I hide it? Cause you always eat all of it. She wants me to eat one piece a day. Who eats one piece of chocolate a day? Lisa! Lisa. How in the world do you go in there and open up a bag of chocolate and get one day? I go, ah. I eat the whole thing. And she goes, that's
0: why I hide the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We have fights. Y'all want to hear another one? I got to get on with something. I got to show you something. Um, no, I'm going to skip that one. I was in Arizona. Lisa and I went to Arizona and preached. And, um, we preached on a Wednesday night, Wednesday, Wednesday night, and, and, and it was so much fun. Lisa, how many people in that building? Three, four, 500 maybe? I don't know. Four hundred. The building was bigger than this. It's just jammed with people, and so they don't. This wasn't a church where they had a lot of moves of the Holy Ghost, and so we. I start preaching, the Holy Ghost starts moving, and 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 people are falling out in the power and getting drunk in the spirit all over the place. It was just really cool. But I remembered I was over in this area, and I and I was walking along praying for people, and the Holy Ghost said one word, "Baby," just one word, and so I said. What's this mean, baby? There's p- 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 this lady sitting back that goes, I want one. And she started screaming. And she ran up to me. She goes, I want one. I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. And I said, do you have a husband? She goes, yeah, somewhere. And she started running through the crowd trying to find this guy she was married to. And she comes up to me. She goes, I want a baby. I want a baby. I want a baby. And so Lisa and I laid hands on her. Bound out in the power she went. Nine months later, she called back. Was it a girl or a boy? She was, the doctors had told her that she couldn't have kids. One word. So why did God do that for her? Why did God do that for her? Because her faith went up when, when she heard me say, baby. She goes, that's my answer to prayer. So her faith rose up and she hooked up with God. She says, I'm having a baby. Because a word of knowledge came forward from somebody who didn't know she wanted a baby. And so she got pregnant and couldn't have a baby. In that same meeting, I was in Arizona and I walked over on the left hand side. And as I was praying for people, I said, There's a minister who used to be in full time ministry over here. Where are you? Because you're no longer in ministry now. And this man in the back raised his hand and said, That's me. I said, Please come up here. Now, I want you to tell you something. If you're in ministry and you fail, Satan will beat you up. And most of the time, they'll quit. I'm unworthy, I'm no good. But I had a word of knowledge. You, God is not done with you. And he broke out and started weeping and went back into ministry. God saved a man because of a word. Do you understand? I could have preached a message and not done him any good, not done the girl any good. It's, listen, are y'all getting this? It's one thing to get up and say, well, I'm going to preach a message, but it's completely different when all of a sudden the word of knowledge, word of wisdom start flowing in a meeting. And because the people are hungry for God and they're drawn near to God. And the next thing you know, you're hearing from God, not through just you, but someone else. And then you're getting your prayers answered. your faith shoots up. Okay. I got, I got, um. I got one more, Second Kings chapter 9, and we got to close. I'm going to show you about President Trump. I really am, I really am. Second Kings 9, 1. Elijah the prophet called one of the sons of the prophet, and he said, get yourself ready. Take the flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when you arrive at the place, I want you to look for Jehu. Jehu is not a king; he is a head of an ar- of the army. He's a very ruthless man. He's not even a believer. Y'all know where I'm going? A prophet was sent to a man, and let's read what the prophet said to him. The son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, go in and make him rise from among his associates and take him to another room. of oil, Pour it on his head and say, thus says the Lord, I've anointed you king over Israel and open the door and run like the devil. That's not what he said, but listen. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth-Gilead. When he arrived there, the captains of the army were sitting, I have a message for you from the commander. And Jehu said, For which one of us? He said, For you, commander. And he arose and went in the house, and he poured the oil on his hand, and said, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I have anointed you king over the people of the Lord over Israel. You will strike down the house of Ahab, your master, that I may avenge the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of the servants of the Lord in the hand of Jezebel. And the whole house of Ahab shall perish. I'm going to cut off Ahab, all the males in Israel, both bond and free, and I'm going to make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, like the house of Baasha the son of Abijah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel on the plot of ground at Jezreel, and there'll be no one to bury her. And he opened the door and he fled. Don't you see what's happening here? And Jehu came to the servant and said, He said, is all well? He said, why did this madman come to you? Remember what we read about the fact that this is foolishness? And he said to them, you know this man and his babble? And they said a lie. Tell us what he said. And he says, I have been anointed king over Israel. I want you to listen to me. God will anoint king who he wants. Are you all okay? This is what happened with Trump. Men of God in America went to him and began to prophesy over him. God did not need a preacher. He wanted a wrecking ball to clean Washington out. uh, let Let me say something. There is no one running for office with the guts to clean it up. Now, if you want a good America, you have to leave God alone and let him do what he wants to do. He, when he raises someone up, don't sit back and go, I don't know why the Lord used I don't know why he used him either. But he did. And then this guy went in and he cleaned up Israel. Now, Baal, was there was Baal worship. Do you know what Baal worship was? Jezebel brought in Baal worship. What is bell worship? Sacrificing your children to, to idols. Who brought in? Who brought um, Planned Parenthood in the White House? Clinton. Hillary was the was the mother of abortion. God sent a man. Clean it up. Oh, he, uh, She's already dropped Stone Cold. She's already written a book. What happened? Okay. Prophets. Now, you know, I know y'all look looking at me like, I don't think God really did that. Well, let me tell you something. That's why you're not God. When we started hearing, note, you know, reports, and when I heard, I heard Kenneth Copeland prophesying over Trump, I, I told Lisa, I said, I don't, I, I think, I think Kenneth missed God. <laughs> I don't know now who I thought I was. Who's the guy from Texas? Cruz, Ted Cruz? Yeah. yeah, that's who my, I mean, I'm thinking Ted Cruz, he's the man, he's the man, he's the man. But any, anybody who works in Washington has to cater to the money that puts you there. But there is a man there that uh, didn't need your money. And he can't be bought. And he's a rough character, too, boy. Are y'all out there? Th- this is where the word of knowledge, when God looks at you and says, you go anoint someone, you-, you pack it up and go anoint them. Y'all ready to hear one more? I'm gonna. Lisa was at Lisa was at Tijuana Flats with me. And Lisa and I never never go to Tijuana Flats over here in Hunt Club. I mean, I don't think we've ever been to Tijuana Flats on Hunt Club on Sunday in our life. And her and I got the bright idea to go to Tijuana Flats on Sunday after church. We walked in there, and Brian Nelson was there eating lunch, him and his wife, Debbie. And nobody ever, they never said they were, he was running for mayor or nothing. But when I walked by him, the Holy Ghost said, I said, um, he said, "Would you, I need you to pick me up a lunch. I said, I will buy a lunch for the next mayor of the city. Now, I'm, I'm prophesying over the man from the Lord. And his wife turned to me. What did she say, baby? She walked up and she said something about the voice. The what of God? From the, God, the, from the mouth of God to your lips. Now, now, he had talked it over with Debbie, but that's as far as I went. And then a man of God walks along and points at him and says, you're the next mayor. Do you think that he needed to hear from someone who had no idea what he was doing that God had ordained him to take that seat? Yes. I'm trying to close. This is important for the gifts of the spirit to operate in your life. Are y'all getting that? Because I got to close. It's important for you to go, God, if there's something you want me to say today, if there's something, I mean, and, and start learning to operate in, in the realm. You are a supernatural person. You're not supposed to be operating out of your head. You cannot learn enough information to do life from a book. Boy, if I could just get that into people that are Christians, there's a lot of things going on that should not be going on. If you would take the time to pray, spend time with God, hear the voice of God and hear what he's saying to you. If you're not wasting your time praying, you're wasting your time not praying because you're doing all kind of stuff that's not profiting you. I got to close. We've just talked about the word The word of knowledge is always now. The word of wisdom is always a word for the future. That's the difference in the two. But they often work together. So so when you hear these, and, and God wants to use you. I mean, uh, I wanted to tell you about him helping me fix my windshield wipers and, and all the things that he's done. Just me. You know, where the deer are, he tells me. Where the fish are, he tells me. It, it is so cool to live like this. Well, you're walking around. That's why I'm wearing my Mr. Incredible sheet. Because cause all Christians really should be. We should live in a realm of the Holy Ghost. It's just so much fun to live like this. Amen. I got to close. Did y'all learn anything tonight? Is this okay? All right. I, I preach my heart out every night. And you know, uh, sometimes I just need someone to jump and holler so I think you're not asleep. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, you know these gifts are for us. You told us they were. You gave us nine very specific gifts of the Spirit. And they're for all of us in this room. They're for every one of us. Everything from fixing toilets to uh, ministering to people through something that maybe we don't know in our head. But just a word, given to them a word that lifts them, helps them. And, and, and Father, it's, it's just so vital for the day. And, and it's so necessary for us to start operating and be Holy Ghost people, and not just Christians, but but to be full of the Holy Ghost, and to live like this, and to walk like this, because it sure does make life a lot easier. And I'm praying right now that everybody in the sound of my voice would begin to, to experience walking in the Spirit, being full of the Spirit. And Father God, I thank you for this. I thank you that as I preach on it, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, that all of us in this room would begin to see an an increase of these gifts in our life in Jesus' name. Now, Lord willing, we'll get into discerning the spirits, which means seeing in the spirit realm, and maybe the gift of faith, where God will put on you His faith for something you cannot grow your faith to it. All miracles Will have the gift of faith involved in it. And it will usually be for a one-time thing. It will be beyond your ability. Like speaking to the sun, make it quit. Hurricanes are often stopped by the gift of faith. Often when you're praying for people in severe, when the Holy Ghost says speak, the gift of faith will operate through you for that moment. Doesn't mean that you'll do it for everybody, but but it's so powerful to have that, that faith of God come on you and you speak one word and Boom, it happens in front of your eyes. The most awesome thing you ever saw in your life. It's so cool.
0: Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.